the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 149 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the federal government's intrusion into the parent-child relationship. That's right, George. Uh, The Biden administration, as we pointed out uh, last week, actually the last several weeks, has launched an all-out assault on parental rights over the last few years. But uh, as we uh, teed up last week in part one of this topic, we have some good news to share with you about a vital piece of legislation that was recently introduced in Congress known as the Family Rights and Responsibilities Act, which would hopefully course correct a lot of the wrongs done against America's parents. Well, Mark, last week uh, we walked through the actual bill, the Family Rights and Responsibilities Act. Uh, we read, you know, quotes and verbatim from the different sections of the law. You know, we were pleasantly surprised by how much Supreme Court case uh, there there has been on this topic over the last a hundred years, all unanimously in support of parental rights. Um, and so this week, we want to continue talking about the, this particular federal law uh, that has been introduced in Congress uh, during this session, uh, but we want to take a slightly different approach. I think it'd be very helpful for us to go through some of the frequently asked questions that we've gotten at the Promise to America's Parents Coalition. Um, I mentioned this as well in our last episode. What, what is this coalition, the Promise to America's Parents? It's a coalition of like-minded uh, grassroots or um, and policy organizations that work to preserve the fundamental right of parents to direct their children's upbringing, education, and health care through sound laws and policies like this bill. Um, we also want to encourage our listeners to go back to episode 148, but also go way back to episode 74, where we talk about uh, the promise to America's parents and the work that this coalition is doing um, about, you know, bringing in change uh, to our government and, and their, you know, attitude and actions towards parents. And so what, what the attempt of this coalition is, is to do three things. Number one, uh, bring accountability, bring choice, and bring transparency uh, in how the government's attitudes and actions towards parents are. So uh, please 
go and find this organization, this coalition on Google. Just Google the Promise to America's Parents. You'll actually be uh, able to find it very quickly. So um, a quick summary of, of the act, the Families, Rights, and Responsibilities Act restrains the federal government overreach by reaffirming the role of parents to guide the upbringing, education, and health care of their children. It also requires federal courts to safeguard parental rights with the same level of protection afforded to other fundamental rights like free speech and religion. And we want to give another huge shout-out and thank you to Senators Scott and Lankford and to Representative Fox for stepping up uh, into this gap to protect the parent-child relationship that forms the bedrock of our society, which we refer to as the Western civilization, grounded in Judeo-Christian biblical worldview and values. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we wholeheartedly agree is that the government should never intrude on parenting choices just because it disagrees with the parent. Uh, so now and always, we agree that it's the parent who knows best what is for their children, not the government. So, Mark, let's walk through these frequently asked questions. Uh, and the first one is, you know, what is the purpose of this legislation? Why are we even talking about this? Why is this even needed? Well, fortunately, we can lean on our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, who uh, was, were kind enough to put together these FEQs for us. And they provided uh, intelligence answers to a lot of these questions that uh, I think our listeners are going to have. So regarding the, the, the purpose, why is it needed? While the Supreme Court and other federal courts have consistently recognized that parents have a right and duty to, to care for their kids, they have not always treated parental rights as co-equal with other fundamental rights, George, like free speech or the exercise of religion. And as a result of this, some courts treat parental rights as kind of a second-tier right. Well, you know, it's yeah, you have a right to control your the upbringing of your children, but it's not the same thing as free speech or, or even freedom of religion. So it, as a result, they don't safeguard those rights. And this is happening happened in both federal and state courts. The Families, Rights, and Responsibility Acts remedies this problem by restoring parental rights to a top-tier right for purposes of federal law. This is an important distinction, George. It gives families a fair hearing in court when the federal government enforces any policy against parents in a way that undermines the right and responsibilities to raise, educate, and care for their kids. For the government to prevail, it must satisfy what's called strict scrutiny, which is the highest standard of judicial review that applies when the government tries to infringe on people's fundamental rights, including the right to parent. And, and Mark, you know, I'm no lawyer, so this was actually new for me. When I read the, 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 the bill and I read this term, I'm like, what in the world is that? What is strict scrutiny? Well, uh, this is an important concept. Any government action that burdens a fundamental right must withstand strict, strict scrutiny review. This means, George, that for a court to sustain the action in infringing a parental right, for example, the government must show that its action is, these are the operative words, narrowly tailored to serve a compelling 
compelling government interest, not just any interest, a compelling government interest. This is an exacting standard. A compelling government interest is an interest of the highest order. Only those interests necessary to the government's ability to carry out its essential functions qualify. Uh, narrowly tailored means that the compelling government interest must not be otherwise served. The government cannot overlook other, less burdensome means of achieving its compelling interest. Satisfying both elements of strict scrutiny is very difficult, as it should be when the government tries to interfere with parents' decisions regarding how their child has raised. So the two features of strict scrutiny is, number one, there has to be a compelling government interest. Number two, it has to be narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. So basically up until now, that that's not the case. So this law right now will create that requirement. Well, ironically, it has been the case in a lot of the court decisions that the Supreme Court has previously ruled on, going okay. back to 1923. Yeah. The right to raise your kids has always been deemed a fundamental right. And by definition, according to the Supreme Court cases, strict scrutiny is always required mm. to impinge upon a fundamental right. But a lot of federal agencies have not seen it that way. A lot of state courts have not seen it that way. School districts have not seen it that way. Yeah. So what this law does, it puts into federal statute language that strict scrutiny is required every time you try to attempt to infringe on the parental right to raise your kids. So, Mark, during our last episode, we went through like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, you know, subsections of Supreme Court cases that case after case from 1923 to 2000 were basically making the same claim. Parental rights are fundamental. But the last one in 2000, the Troxel versus Granville, why is this one so important? Well, in Troxel, the court struck down a state law that allowed basically any person to request visitation rights to certain children. And if memory serves, I think it was a, uh, a grandparent that was demanding to see a child in another state. And under the state law, if a court determined that visitation would be in the child's best interest, the state law would allow the court to grant visitation rights, even, though, even over the objection of the, the parents of that particular child. But despite concluding that the law violated a parent's fundamental right, the Troxel Court did not apply strict scrutiny to reach this particular result. Rather, the majority splintered into several factions, each treating parental rights differently. Some agreed parental rights are fundamental, uh, but did not articulate a level of scrutiny. Others said parental rights are generally protected or that they should be protected on a case-by-case basis. In summary, George, the Troxel Court failed to provide clear guidance on the level of scrutiny afforded violations of this fundamental right. Now, the Troxel Court's treatment of parental rights as fundamental in name only has sort of trickled down to lower court opinions that are grappling with parental rights issues. 
Federal courts have varied greatly over which species of constitutional review, and there are essentially three, what's called rational basis, intermediate scrutiny, and strict scrutiny to apply to parental rights cases. The Families Rights and Responsibilities Act would resolve the confusion that Troxel caused. It provides clarity on the scope of parental rights protected under federal law, and it ensures that federal courts use strict scrutiny, the highest scrutiny, when examining violations of these rights by the federal government. So, so Mark, is there basically now a possibility where Troxel gave this kind of, you know, wishy-washy understanding of parental rights, and that's a Supreme Court case, and here we come along as, you know, parents supporting this federal bill, is there a possibility for the left to come in to do like a, a lawsuit or something where they're going to use Troxville against this act? Uh, it's not only possible, George, it's probably likely. I mean, this is, this is, it will be a federal statute if it passes. And a lot of court decisions are informed by federal statutes. So this will be very, very important. But the Supreme Court still has the last rule, the last voice Mm -hmm. on what the law is. So they will ultimately decide. But this language is going to be incredibly helpful to that cause. Exactly. Now, here's another important question. Does Congress have the authority to enact federal legislation to protect parental rights against interference by the federal government? Well, it has uh, since its earliest days. The Supreme Court has recognized that the sound construction of the Constitution must allow to the national legislature that discretion, which will enable that body to perform the high duties assigned to it in the manner most beneficial to the people. This is from a a Supreme Court case called McCullough versus State that goes back to 1819. Wow. Or more succinctly, Congress has plenary authority, which means supreme, in all areas in which it has substantive legislative jurisdiction. That's a case that goes back to 1983. In fact, among the areas of Congress's legislative jurisdiction is the operation of the federal government. Legislation affecting the internal operations of the national government rests securely on Article One, Section 8 of, of the Necessary and Proper Clause. And this permits Congress to determine how the national government will conduct its own affairs. Uh, And that's, again, a a case that goes back to 2003. So the Family's Rights and Responsibility Act is a restriction on the operation of the federal government. It limits the federal government from interfering with parental rights and requires federal officials to satisfy the strict scrutiny standard to justify any infringement on that right. All right, here's another really good question, Mark, and I, I really like this one because uh, we've heard the the phrase enumerated rights as it's you know used in the Constitution, but here the question is, do parental rights differ from the other enumerated rights that the Supreme Court has recognized as fundamental rights? Well, I'm going to rely on ADF's answer to this question, and this is how they've approached it. They've, they've answered definitively yes. 
Um, unlike other enumerated rights, parental rights are natural, pre-political rights that have a long, well-established history in Western legal thought and tradition. I, I love this next uh, statement. William Blackstone, um, who I studied in law school, George, described parental rights as the most universal relation in nature. This goes back to his commentaries on the law of England that much of American case law was based Mm -hmm. upon. Um, Blackstone further explained that the duty of parents to provide for the maintenance of their children is a principle of natural law, which is really God's law, Mm -hmm. an obligation laid on them not only by nature itself, but by their own proper act in bringing them in to the world. As described in the findings section of the bill, the U.S. Supreme Court has long recognized parental rights to be fundamental, predating our nation's founding. This goes back to Wisconsin v. Yoder, 1972, uh, to Partum versus J.R. We've read those cases in past episodes. Importantly, Although the Supreme Court has stated that parental rights are protected by the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, a concept known as substantive due process, parental rights were recognized as natural pre-political rights long before the rise of this concept of substantive due process. And again, this goes back to Meyer v. Nebraska, 1923, which said it's the natural duty of the parent to give his children education suitable to their stations in life. Uh, The child is not the mere creature of the state. Those who nurture him and direct his destiny have the right, coupled with the high duty, to recognize and prepare him for additional obligations. Fundamental stuff, George. Yes, yes. Well, here's one uh, a question that is also asked, and, and this one's really important. Uh, what are some examples of how parents could use this bill, right? We're not just supporting an act just because it, it sounds cool. This will actually give parents some teeth, um, you know, to, to protect their parental rights. And what scenarios would create a standing, right? And that word standing, it means something. In, yeah, in it really has the right to petition the court okay. on, a, on, a, on a particular uh, issue. Well, education and healthcare are obviously two areas of federal policies where Family Rights and the Responsibilities Act would provide urgently needed protection for parental rights. For example, if the federal government required schools to take action that infringed parents' rights as a condition of receiving federal education dollars, this law would provide legal recourse to parents so that they could sue. This could happen with the proposed Title IX regulations, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, George. If schools were required to assist a child with a social or medical gender transition, for example, or to withhold information from parents about the child's social transition, according to these parental secrecy laws that many school boards are passing, or per the Biden administration's interpretation of Title IX, this law would now give parents automatic standing to challenge those requirements. So this is, this is key. Similarly, if the Biden administration required recipients of Medicaid money to withhold medical information from parents 
or to assist a child with medical transition without parental consent, again, this law would provide the parents with standing to challenge that. So, so Mark, on that point right there, um, we did an episode about a law in California that went into effect, I think, in 2022, um, about parents not having no clue if their child went through a gender transition until they received the bill. This federal law now gives those parents in California the teeth to, they have standing now, right? Or, or they, how does that work? They have standing with respect to the federal law. Now, that bill that you're addressing yeah, was a, a state. state law that yeah. passed. So it's debatable, George, if this would have impact on that law. Okay. Now, if it raises constitutional issues, that's a separate issue uh, that parents certainly could raise. Correct. That That's where I was going with it. Because this is considered parental rights as a fundamental constitutional right. So, okay, that that's really, really good. Another example, George, could involve directives from the federal government that schools include curriculum or lessons regarding critical race theory, gender theory, in a way that violates parental rights. And it is violating parental rights. Yes. Especially if it requires minors to disclose information about their religious beliefs. And a lot of these surveys do exactly that a belief about uh, race or gender in violation of the Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment. So this gives teeth for parents to get standing to challenge those violations as well. Well, here's another question that kind of alludes to what I, I was trying to get at. Does this bill impact state policies or only federal policies? Why doesn't this bill include state policies too? Well, the Constitution limits Congress's authority to regulate state affairs and other federal legislation that has crossed that threshold has been struck down as applied to the states. So we have this concept in American, um, our Constitution called uh, federalism. So states have been known as experiments of democracy. And they have their own way of doing things that federal law cannot intrude upon if it doesn't have the right to do that. The Families, Rights, and Responsibilities Act only applies to actions by the federal government that infringe parental rights. But it also provides a model for states to follow to protect families within their states from government action that harm parental rights. And that's the key here, Mark. In fact, you know, we, we mentioned even in the last episode, if, if you are a listener that is, you know, whatever state you are, you're in, if you want to join the Promise to America's right. Parents Coalition, and if you want to use this federal bill as a model to introduce in your state. More power to you. More power to you. You can do that. We can do that. Um, and I And I think from... You know, going back to our last episode, how we read through the bill, it's very simple, very well laid out. The case has been made. It's, you know, it's it's very, you know, limited, uh, you know, in terms of what, what it's trying to do here. So I would highly encourage um, uh, the, the, the our, you know, our listeners to take this and run with it. <laughs> um, all right, Mark. Well, I think that's probably all the time that we have for today. Uh, we have other FAQs that we could go through here, um, but I just want to encourage you guys to go um, and just Google the Families Rights and Responsibilities Act. 
this FAQ document uh, is included there. Once again, we want to thank our friends at the Alliance Defending Freedom uh, for providing such well, uh, clear, articulate you know, responses to these questions. And we encourage you to join the, the Promise to America's Parents Coalition. We encourage you to go to our website at protectourkidsnow.org. Um, and you can find out more about us there. Uh, we have brochures, we have videos, we have these podcasts that are uh, that are there that you can go back and listen to our previous 148 <laughs> episodes if you'd like. <laughs> and uh, we also encourage you to become a partner with us. Um, if the Lord puts it on your heart to donate to our cause and to what you know, Mark and I are, are leading here at, at, at POK, please do so. Uh, if you want Mark or myself to come and speak at your parent group or at your church or, or wherever else, uh, there is a speaker button uh, that you can request for us to come out and speak, and, and we do that all the time, and, and we do it gladly. So with that, um, we will talk to you next time on Say What? You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roscoe Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.